Good. Welcome, Tanya. Sorry. Hi. Um, okay. Well, I guess we can kick this off. Um, Brandon, would you mind reading our remote meeting statement? Yes. And this is Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire. Um, I want to provide a few reminders uh, to ensure that provisions of the Kansas Open Meetings Act are satisfied while meeting in this hybrid format. Um, board members and other meeting participants must state their names and titles each time they speak. Various members of city staff are present via Zoom and in-person attendance. They may also they must also state their names and titles each time uh, we speak. All motions need to be stated clearly, and after a motion is made and seconded, the chair will call on board members individually to provide their vote. The chair will then announce whether or not the motion carried, as well as a count of the vote. And the agenda this uh, for this evening's meeting provided instructions on how to submit public comment and how it will be handled during the meeting. Uh, we did not receive any written public comment or request for um, in-person public comment this evening, but uh, if we do have anybody uh, join us by Zoom or um, in-person attendance, then we will uh, be sure to note that for you, uh, Madam Chair. Um, the chair will call for uh, in-person public comment uh, if, if if anybody is available and staff will uh, direct um, individuals to the podium to speak following social distancing and safety protocols, um, which should be addressed in the agenda. And finally, I wanna remind everyone to please mute yourselves when uh, you're not speaking. Thank you. All right, this is Chair Robinson. Um, uh, is, is, would it be appropriate for me to just skip over the reading the public comment? for tonight since there's no one present. Okay, um, all right. So um, let's start with um, item A, approving our minutes from January 13th. Um, looks like there's no link to the minutes at this time, um, but we can still uh, approve them. Actually, uh, right. Madam Chair, Assistant City Manager, Brandon McGuire, um, we had, uh, the, the minutes were submitted late and I, I did not want to um, put the board members under a time crunch to have to read those um, on short notice in advance of the meeting. And so I would recommend just um, taking no action on this item and we will have those minutes available at the next meeting. All right, uh, that sounds good. This is Chair Robinson. So we will um, approve the January meeting minutes at our next meeting. Um, so going on and moving on to our agenda items, um, we can go ahead and start with the strategic plan presentation from our city manager, Craig Owens. I think we've had the pleasure of meeting with. Hi, Craig. Thanks for joining us tonight. Good evening, uh, city manager Craig Owens. Thank you so much for making some time for me. Um, it's a real pleasure to visit with you tonight. Um, I am making my way around to our uh, several uh, boards and commissions uh, to um, to share the strategic plan. We have about, I think, 47 boards and commissions, so um, I'm not getting around to all of them, but um, there are several that we did think it was really uh, important that we kind of share the background on the strategic plan, and it's, it's aligning all the work that we're doing as a community, as a city, and um, sets our priorities and uh, a number of other things. So um, felt like it was uh, useful. And so far in my visits, it's been uh, it's been a good conversation uh, just to make sure that, you know, everybody understood uh, kind of where we're headed. 
and how did this plan come together? So um, thanks for giving me a little bit of time tonight. I'm gonna go through it pretty quickly and then I'll really look forward to any uh, questions or, or comments that you have uh, after I, I get through it. Um, so the this is really the second strategic plan that the community has had. The first um, strategic plan was kind of that blueprint poster that you saw in a lot of the rooms in City Hall. Um, and it was done um, a few years ago and um, really was a good starter um, for having a strategic planning kind of being familiarized in the community, the organization. Um, it, uh, it set out some, some priorities. It recognized and kind of communicated that um, difficult things take a lot of time uh, to do. And you have to, um, sometimes when these are big picture items then you need to bite them off in chunks. And that's kind of what the strategic plan did, that initial one. It was mainly built by the governing body of the city, uh, along with some staff interaction. And it really set, these are some new things that we'd like to accomplish and set those out there. It did have some limitations. It didn't uh, undertake to articulate all of the priorities. It kind of laid new priorities on top of the things that we were already doing and kind of took for granted. Um, and it kind of captured some things that were big things and little things all together in the same context. So when we when we undertook um, a revision or a replacement of it, the next version of the strategic planning process, um, what we wanted to start with was a lot of engagement and community listening. And so, um, so we set out to do that um, by first I asked um, our um, folks, uh, the team members in the work for the city um, across all departments at different levels of the community. I said, hey, who will help us go out and listen to the community and build the strategic plan? I asked for volunteers hoping that we get um, 20 so that we could really get out into the community and share that work. Um, I had 50 people um, volunteer and I was it was so rewarding as a new city manager that there was such a responsiveness to that. The other thing that that, that created was, um, you know, our the people that work in the city um, are also community members and um, they interact with the uh, community in different ways in their in their lives and the way they live their lives. And so what it, it helped us is to build um, a, a listening group that already kind of was part of the community in lots of different ways and that had access to the community in different ways uh, than when we just plan a microphone at City Hall on a Tuesday night and say, you know, give us your comments. So um, we were excited to do that. We did a training session and we went out and um, sent people out to get invited to where the community was already gathering and talking about the things that were important to them. And um, through that process of kind of getting invited and asking to meet with uh, community members, um, we had 3,000 interactions with uh, uh, community members. We had 3,000 community members get, share with us their ideas for what they'd like to see for the future of the community and what was important to them. So um, we assimilated that into um, a big data pool and kind of organized it and, and brought it down to um, five key outcome areas that we called them. And I'm gonna share the screen here in a second and um, hopefully get that done. 
So what I'm showing you here is on our website. It is part of our, it is our strategic plan. And these five areas that we kind of kind of organized the data that we heard and uh, went into unmistakable identity, strong welcoming neighborhoods, safe and secure, prosperity and economic security, and connected city. So that's how we kind of characterize the um, type of of um, services, the type of um, uh, structure that the the citizens asked us to do. Um, and on each one of these, we carefully worked, and I know you all are very careful about uh, your language um, in the work that you do. Um, we worked to develop statements under each of these that would would help to kind of um, add some uh, flavor of what what this meant, what we heard. And it was important that we really were speaking to two audiences primarily. One was to the the team members in the organization that were going to be doing a lot of the work. We wanted to make sure that the state these statements really uh, were clear and that we would uh, they would help drive and guide the work day to day, month to month, year to year that we would do. We also wanted to make sure that the people who gave us their um, ideas that shared with us what they wanted for um, for the next three to five years in their community, that they could read these statements and say, you heard me. That is what I said. That's what we that that characterizes what I'm I told you I wanted. So those are two important audiences. And we worked very hard at building these statements. We also then uh, understand that um, the best strategic plans will uh, have measurements attached to them. And so we worked very hard to build um, a key performance indicators into each of these. Um, and before I go into this one, I picked safe and secure because I think that's where a lot of the work is that you're, you're working on and aligns with a lot of the efforts of, of your um, board. But one of the things that we also believed was that um, that the, uh, let me skip back to the last page that I was on. One of the other things we believed was that um, what we do is important, but also how we do it. We definitely heard from this community and understand that the way we do our work is really important too. So we built, we built these six commitment areas um, and those are community engagement, efficient, effective processes, equity and inclusion, sound fiscal stewardship, engaged and empowered teams, and environmental sustainability. So not just what we need to, to do and accomplish, what we're in business to do, but how we do it is also important. And so when we built our scorecard, we um, we put performance indicators for each of the commitment areas um, inside of each of the outcomes. So you'll see that intersection of what we're trying to achieve from the perspectives of and as measured by the commitment areas. And I'll give you some examples of how those are. So for instance, um, for community engagement, percent of residents who perceive Lawrence as a safe or very safe community. So that is a community engagement index. That's one where that's how we're going to measure success of the work that we do in safe and secure from the perspective of community engagement. 
And as you go through these, these are on all, all on our website. And as you go through these, you'll see that each of the commitment areas is represented. And we really believe that we have to show progress and we have to balance the, uh, the effort and the progress that we make against all six of those areas in each of the outcome areas. So uh, this, this process makes it um, much more difficult um, but we believe that by adding the commitments in there and honoring those and accounting for those is really the only way that a good strategic plan can really serve the community. And so that's how we built that. Um, I'm going to unshare here. Um, and so the work that we did really was to put those things together. And you'll see um, that we continue each of these outcome teams, each of these outcomes and each of these commitments areas has a champion within the staff. Um, and so um, the, uh, there's a champion for each of these teams. Many times they're the department director that kind of you would expect to be over some of these areas. But in a lot of, a lot of cases like safe and secure, you've got you know, fire and police and then some other uh, community partners and other agencies and pieces of our organization will also be participating in those and do serve on the teams that do that. I see um, Chief Fagan has stepped in with um, Chief Coffey's retirement. He is uh, standing in as the outcome champion uh, for safe and secure. Um, and um, each of the other areas has a uh, has a champion for it, just like each of the commitment areas has a champion. And they serve in, the, in these teams and have built these plans. Also, then we'll be working to make sure that we make progress in them. Um, this is we're in our second beginning of our second month of the budget, the first budget that is uh, aligned towards this strategic plan and put resources towards uh, accomplishing goals within the strategic plan and making progress in each of these areas. So that's an important part. We will use this as a tool. This is a community's tool. It's an organization's tool. It's our policymakers tool to help us make progress and also make sure that we stay aligned with these areas. It's not perfect. Um, this was a very a huge accomplishment uh, to get this far. It's very complex. Uh, it tried its very hardest to try and represent all the 3,000 perspectives that we saw and heard, um, but it, it won't be perfect and we need to make adjustments over time. And I think um, that's also what a, a characteristic of a good strategy and good strategic plan is, is that it contemplates that there will be some appropriate adjustments to account for things that we didn't think. So I, I leave that as a, um, a hint of modesty and understanding that uh, it's not perfect in, in its um, launch. With that, I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have, uh, any comments. Board Member Mishra. This is Board Member Mishra. Thank you, City Manager Owens, for sharing and talking about it. Clarification question. You talked about 3,000 interactions, and then you also talked about 3,000 individuals. Uh, I, I'm really not trying to distinguish between the, the those two. Um, so I, I didn't really go too deeply into what the, that interaction looked like. But um, so we reached out. I, I rem remember uh, you kind of outlining the groups that you reached out to with your interactions. That was a mm -hmm. similar list to the one that we did. 
Um, so there was a lot of formal institutions out there that we asked for, you know, some access to the people that they uh, that they represent. And there was a lot of informal. So we would go out to uh, the sports pavilion and get in, get in the way of people hurrying to their, their volleyball practices or whatever. Um, we would try and intercept people at the library and just, we had table out there. Uh, we, we did have some some large gatherings um, where, you know, uh, like at the Carnegie Building, where we uh, invited anybody in the community to come and, and share their perspectives and, and accounted for them there. And, um, you know, we did, then did, I think, get invited to some community gatherings that we didn't particularly ex necessarily intend to get into. But as I said, we've got 50, 50 different uh, members of our staff that um, interact um, organically with this community in different ways. And I think they did find their way into um, uh, groups, uh, other groups that were there. So we got lots of different ways. I, you know, I personally facilitated a number of the groups um, that had maybe 20, 25 individuals in them. And, you know, we do the, the white um, pad of paper and asked the questions and, and got all the information um, kind of we had uh, training on, on how to gather that information. So um, that's how we kind of measured the amount of participation that we had. We did do some online surveys um, and and we did, um, you know, interact with people individually as well. So once again, just to clarify, am I, this is board member Sanjay clarify that the plan was built based on input from 3,000 residents. Uh, City Manager Craig Owens, yes, it was in, absolutely based on and informed by that. Um, then obviously, you know, the, the governing body as the elected uh, leaders of the community ultimately yeah you know, decided these are the top priorities and where it was, but we, but we started with the listening um, before we kind of narrowed it in. And, and obviously professional staff and other participants uh, uh, did as well. Board Member Gibson. This is Board Member Jane Gibson. Thank you for that presentation. Um, I am wondering if you heard anybody talk about their expectations for the CPRB and what your understanding is of how the CPRB should fit into the safe and secure area. Can you talk a little about that? City Manager Craig Owens, um, I, I don't remember anybody talking specifically about um, virtually any border commission um, in that. And we, we really prompted them to talk about what they wanted for their community. So not, um, not what already existed, but they, what they were trying to receive, what they wanted, what were the outcomes um, in the in the prompting. So, um, but I don't remember anybody bringing up a specific board or commission. But I was I only facilitated a handful of sessions. There were lots of other people that were in that. But in the capture kind of the digestion, I don't remember anybody talking about that. Um, I, I will say that the uh, when you look at the um, safe and secure and the intersection, particularly with um, equity and inclusion um, and community engagement. Um, I do think there are some very obvious um, prompts for, you know, high levels of trust building and people's feeling of safety. 
Um, and I think you'll you'll note that in particular, um, there are a number of measures throughout this that are um, suggesting um, uh, goals of getting um, alignment of the entire, all people in the community to have the same level of service and, ex, and uh, sense of uh, service and trust in their government that the general population does. So we, you know, as an example, uh, several, we're, we have an ETC uh, is a company that has worked with us to do surveys. Um, we will be launching a, a community survey again this year, and it will call for the oversampling um, so that we, uh, for um, minority groups, um, so that we can um, get, make sure that they're, all, all people are feeling um, like they're getting the same level of service and have those levels. So um, I think those are areas where you you probably, when you look at the strategic plan and the key performance indicators that are prompting a lot of our action and activity, I think that is work that uh, probably aligns with the uh, conversations that you all are having. Board member Littleton had her hand up as well. Uh, this is board member Littleton. <clears throat> well, Craig just answered the, the question of James that I was going to bring up. I just wanted clarity and, and Craig helped on that because <clears throat> I figured our focus by looking at the commitments were the two things he mentioned. So he covered all that. Thank you, Craig. Board member Mishra. Board member Mishra. So city manager Owens, do you have a feel for the relative importance of these outcome areas? Uh, City Manager Craig Owens, um, it's um, it's more it's too familiar to me that all of them are important, and I think the expectations <laughs> are always um, are always put upon um, local government that yes, yeah, it's, it's all of these uh, and more. Um, but okay, go ahead. Finish first. Well, so um, you know the the relative importance. Um, what we believe is that our community has asked us to do all of these things, um, and I don't think that they're any in any particular order. So, and may I persist just a little to ask yeah. if we had shortage in budget, what would you cut? What would you keep? Um, I would, I would, well, first of all, we do have a shortage in the budget. Uh, we were really explicit in that, um, city manager Craig Owens, we were really explicit in that when the, with the adoption of this budget, that there, there are some structural gaps that we're going to have to work as a community to fill. And that nece necessarily, uh, will involve again, a large community conversation. Uh, so I wouldn't presume to say right now today that, um, there is already a predetermined, um, order of any of these, um, but we, we will have a very, um, we are working on it already. You know, the budget's the second year, the second month in, and we've already been spending um, a couple of months on the budget that we'll be presenting in a few months uh, for next year. And um, with that work, we will have to prioritize and we will have to show that the prioritization is there. Um, my expectation, and this will sound familiar to the staff members are on, my expectation is, is that any of the, um, that the best hope we have of um, 
of prioritization is getting great alignment of everything we do with what we say are our top priorities within the strategic plan. So we had decades, if not generations of prioritization built into our budgets, our traditional budgets, and the way we've been spending money, the way we've organized our, our um, city structures, um, the way that we've organized boards and commissions, the way that we've been making decisions have all been um, kind of built over a long period of time without a re-examination of what is it we're in business to do today and what are the expectations of our community today and tomorrow that we're trying to build a plan for. And so I do think there is a lot of realignment of legacy investment and priorities to this plan. And as we do that, I think we will have a better shot at have really robustly funding everything that's been asked for in this plan. And then what's left is, um, is probably, or what's not accounted for is probably um, mostly uh, legacy um, priorities that uh, maybe are not serving the community very well. Thank you, Keith. Board Member Selvini. Yes, this is Board Member Salvini. Um, thank you very much for your presentation, uh, City Manager Owens. And I have a couple of questions. Um, the first is, how how do you vision um, the uh, the results of the uh, study that was done um, by CityGate um, and other uh, initiatives that law enforcement um, has made in terms of improvement uh, in um, services to the community, um, coupled with uh, possible accreditation, best practices, so on and so forth. How do you how do you vision those fitting into the process, but particularly to our role? Uh, City Manager Craig Owens. Um, I think we had a lot of good fortune, good timing in that a lot of plans were being developed, significant plans were under development or were um, developed before we adopted the strategic plan um, or right after we did. So a, a large list of those things, um, the downtown plan, um, the um, plan 2040 was is relatively fresh. Um, the pay study for employees, um, I'm missing oh, an economic development plan. Um, we brought Ernst and Young to inform that. And then of course, CityGate and the work that it uh, offered or the plan uh, recommendations it offered for um, policing. Um, so the nice thing is, is that it all pulled that we, you know, we were, we were informed by and it helped to build the strategic plan. And hopefully you see pieces reflected of all of those thoughtful, um, deeper dive specific area plans. Um, we were able to re in, reflect those in there. At the same time, I think um, the strategic plan also was, you know, reflective of the listening that we did. And I think it it sets the expectation as well. So, um, so I think it's extremely consistent 
um, we were um, somewhat insistent that all of these plans that already existed, all the voices that we already gathered, beside before we initiated strategic plan, that we could also reference those, and that wherever possible, that we align those um, those inputs with the strategic plan, so there isn't confusion. We want clarity of where we're trying to go, as every strategic plan craves, clarity and alignment, so that we can you know, be efficient at, at going where the community has asked us to go. So to specifically, where do you all go? I would not be so presumptuous as to determine that. Yeah. Um, you, you, we're, I'm presenting this, which is the policy direction of um, the city commission, the Lawrence City Commission. Um, and um, I'm presenting it to these 48 boards and commissions so that you have it as a reference and you can better determine how you can support and promote the direction that's been that's been um, laid out by this plan. Um, so uh, I, I hope I, I would rather I would rather understand and, and have you understand where we're trying to go and then contribute to it in that way. This is Chair Robinson. Any other questions or comments from the board? Board member Gibson. This is board member Jane Gibson. Um, I feel like we're um, asking the same question. <laughs> um, and I wonder if it would be appropriate to ask Mr. Fagan um, if he would weigh in since he's the champion for the safe and secure, if you have any thoughts about um, how you see the CPRB fitting into that uh, arena. Interim Fire Chief Tom Fagan. Uh, thanks board member Gibson for the question. Um, right now, this is a, a new position for me, and right now I'm listening as well, uh, and I'm keeping good notes of these questions uh, in this meeting today. So uh, I think they're great questions for the city manager uh, as we look forward to, to really dive into these progress indicators, these performance indicators. Uh, I would share with you that uh, not only the police department, but fire medical, uh, even other partnering agencies that are overarchingly involved in many of these are all looking at um, how they can um, really move the needle in each one of these progress indicators. So uh, um, I think to start with um, uh, reading the plan, looking at the strategies that are identified with each one of the progress indicators um, and just having a good grasp of that uh, will help with alignment with communication um, channels, uh, and either in this process or others. I think that's probably the best start. Thank you. Madam Chair. Yeah, this is Chair Robinson. Any other comments or questions? Madam Chair. Oh, yes, Brandon, sorry. Um, that's just fine. Uh, Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire. Um, just to add a little bit more information, um, and this is probably new information to the board members, uh, uh, Major Heffley, um, at, the, at, at the time previously, um, Interim Chief Heffley, and then uh, prior to him, uh, Interim Chief Brixius, who's uh, joining us, um, they had been working uh, for, for the last several months um, of last year and uh, on on a uh, web portal, a web page um, that can be used as a communication tool um, to provide a uh, 
sort of a real-time status update on where we are with each one of the 75 recommendations um, contained in the CityGate report. And the way that they are formatting that um, that web page is trying to align those recommendations with, with where we think they fit um, in the context of the city's strategic plan. And we are looking forward to being able to present that to the board um, soon. It has been a uh, much more of a uh, technical challenge to put that together than we had originally anticipated. So we have been delayed um, in doing that. But I think that that actually um, to board member Salvini and Gibson's um, questions, I think that could be a very helpful tool um, for the police review board members um, to to identify um, you know what what parts of of those recommendations, and then again within the context of the strategic plan, you would like to lean into with us. Um, and it's a pretty open invitation to the board to uh, work on on any parts of those with us. So we look forward to being able to do that um, soon. I don't have a date for you yet, but just as soon as we're ready to even show you um, sort of a, a, a early um, early draft of that website, we certainly will do that to get that conversation started. This is Chair Robinson. Um, I do have a, a quick comment and thank you so much for your presentation, Craig. Um, I think this is a really useful website. I love how it's broken down into measurable outcomes and steps. And I think it'll be really helpful for us to work on aligning with the city on certain items. Um, I just wanted to say that I'm really looking forward to seeing the data on um, the outcome in safe and secure, the variance of satisfaction with perceptions of safety by race, gender, education, and income, because we see that 82% of our citizens, um, you know, perceive Lawrence as safe or very safe, uh, but a quick Google search um, will show us that 75% of our citizens are white. So I think it'll be very helpful to see that data, and I think it'll be something that we'll want to stay, um, stay on top of and get that information. So that'll be very helpful. Thank you. Um, any other comments or questions from the board? All right. Craig, thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, City Manager Craig Owens, thank you so much for making time for me on the agenda and for all of your um, tireless work uh, in, in, in regards to this. I really do appreciate it. I know it's my first official visit, but um, obviously appreciate um, your investment that you're making and, and making our community better and, and uh, appreciate the time with you this evening. All right, this is Chair Robinson. We can go ahead and move on to our second agenda item. Um, so at our pre-meeting, meeting with Brandon and Sanjay, we had requested an update from the kind of pre-work group work group. Um, so Jane, Tanya, and Stephanie um, are going to be in that small group to work with city staff and the chief of police to define the scope of work, purpose statement, and membership for the working group. So um, we, there's not a report ready at this time. Um, however, uh, Brandon, are you raising your hand? Would you like to speak to this? Oh, okay. Uh, 
So uh, a, this report can be prepared, but it's my understanding that there hasn't been a lot of time to um, to develop any of these outcomes with this group. So uh, if it sounds good for tonight, we just need to kind of discuss what our expectations are related to a periodic report from like the pre-work group and the work group. Um, and Brandon, when I was when I was kind of writing this down, I thought, well, we're not even really to the work group stage yet. <laughs> so um, is this something that we need to discuss tonight, you think? Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire. Um, we so we did have a chance to meet yesterday afternoon, um, which was our first meeting, uh, Chief Lockhart. Uh, board members Gibson, Salvini, and Littleton, uh, we were able to get together and uh, had a really productive conversation, um, which was which was far ranging. But um, what we came out of it with or was a an idea for a draft purpose statement. Um, I don't believe that draft purpose statement is is ready to share with the board for feedback tonight. Um, but I am going to look to the three board members. Uh, um, maybe for their thoughts, if we if we want to do that and go ahead and engage in that conversation, um, we are uh, we, we do have um, two more meetings on our, on our calendar already, um, and we would look forward to being able to have um, hopefully not just the per the purpose statement, but also proposal for scope of work and membership on the work group uh, ready to present for feedback from the board at the next meeting. So that's that's the status of uh, our work together so far. Uh, board member Santos. You're muted. Could we go back and get um, just a real basic review of when you say work group or whatever sub work group are we talking about the idea that our group is going to participate with this city staff group and that the three members of our current group have met with the representatives of whoever's forming that group i'm confused as to what we're talking about yeah, this is Chair Robinson. So um, our last uh, couple of meetings would cover that. So, and they were pretty short meetings as well. So if you could go back and watch those, I think that would give you some background on that. Um, but the at the city commission meeting in January, uh, the city commission decided that we would um, uh, take the draft ordinance and have the have a working group composed of city staff, um, chief of police, community members, CPRB, you know, um, to not only look at the draft ordinance, but also kind of a broader scope, which, you know, is yet to be determined. So um, this is the three CPRB members that are kind of serving right now. They're just kind of like helping to define scope of work, the purpose statement and membership. They're not necessarily the people that are gonna be representing us on the work group. Board member Santos. Yes, I did go back and listen to in particular the commission's comment and I might mention 
I was particularly taken by your tenacity in trying to bring to ground what was being said by the commission. And after listening to it at least twice, I'm still not clear. And, uh, you know, it was clear to me that, you know, we don't have to go back and start all over again, but that we needed to make some effort to work within whatever this work group is called. So again, I'm still not clear, has the city staff formed a work group leadership group that are going to say, okay, here's the people that are gonna serve on this, or do you know yet? This is Chair Robinson. So no, it's still kind of in the pre, I'm, this is what I'm calling it. I hope this is not too confusing, the pre work group work group phase. So um, Jane, Tanya, Stephanie are working with city staff and chief of police to define membership right now. So that is still undefined. You know, CityGate has outlined some recommendations. Um, however, that's yet to be solidified. And if I could, is there going to be an opportunity at some point in time for this group to vote on what we believe as a group should be the participation level with that group? This is Chair Robinson. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a, a conversation with all of us. No one's going to be volunteered uh, for something um, without their consent, obviously. And yeah, it's going to be a conversation. Brandon, I'm, I don't know if I should interpret your hand movements as raising your hand. Well, um, Madam Chair, this is Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire, and, and if I may, so I, I do have a microphone that goes up and down. And so <laughs> that's probably what you're seeing is me either putting it up or down. Um, but I, I, I might just um, uh, help to translate a little bit. Uh, Board Member Santos, um, what what we're doing with um, the subcommittee of the board uh, is essentially creating a project charter, um, and and that project char charter will lay out the the purpose, um, the expectations, and the parameters around the scope of focus that the work group will get into. Um, the the next step will be uh, to bring that project charter to the police review board and seek uh, the board's feedback. Um, and if the board is is prepared to approve that project charter, then we would take that to the city commission um, in order to get their endorsement uh, to make sure that we've scoped the work of the work group and we've com com uh, compo composed the work group membership um, in a way that meets everybody's expectations. And we can start that work group with everybody um, having a, a very clear understanding of what it is that we're coming at the table to accomplish. Mrs. Chair Robinson, any other comments or questions on this agenda item? Board Member Santos. Board Member Santos, uh, I do think uh, with that information, I now, I think my feeble mind understands where we're headed with it. So thank you. All right, this is Chair Robinson. I don't think we need um, a vote on this for right now. Does that sound right? Thumbs up? Okay. All right, so let's go ahead and move on. And actually, um, 
board member Misha, not to put you on the spot, but I know this was um, agenda an agenda item that you brought up in our pre-meeting. So if you'd like to present it. Oh, you're muted. So this is board member Mishra, just a clarification. This is the question I asked about complaints. Yes. I presume. Yes. So as we were doing the meeting, one of the things uh, I thought, uh, and given how long they have served on this board, is to get a feel, periodically get a feel for how the interactions between the police and the community are being assessed. And one of the indicators for us is uh, complaints. Is that fair to say? And so to that end, rather than wait for the end of the year to get some information, I thought once every quarter or once every six months, would be a more timely uh, sharing of information. Is that help? This is Chair Robinson. Yeah, so um, what you're looking for tonight is to maybe discuss uh, how often we would receive reports about numbers of um, complaints received um, related to racial or other bias-based policing. Yeah. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah. And so go ahead. Oh, go ahead. So, interrupt. so this is Sanjay Mishra, board member. I was thinking of, of it from a business perspective where you put out quarterly reports and say this is what you have done in the last three months. So bring that uh, regularity into the system so that end of the year you don't find out that there were 35 complaints. We should be not uh, surprised. Lieutenant David Ernst, if I may, um, it, this, and I, I'm going to kind of maybe start a little bit from the beginning, but for those of you that have been on the board, if you recall, we do provide an annual report there uh, in the end of June, uh, which is ultimately then provided to the Attorney General's office. And I'm speaking uh, to uh, Mr. Santos here just because he's new to the board. And if, if you recall, it essentially um, we would report out uh, that the date or when we receive a complaint, who investigate it, which is almost always the Office of Professional Accountability, and then the disposition. Historically, in my time here uh, of awareness, let's say I don't want to say my time with the department, I, um, we've had, I think, at most two complaints um, related to two or three, uh, excuse me, related to racial or other bias based policing. In some years, um, we've had zero. Uh, I personally uh, don't object to some sort of quarterly report, sometimes dividing one or two into a quarter. Uh, you, you know, we don't have much to work with. I did um, reach out to the Office of Professional Accountability, and I, I asked all the way back from what would be our current reporting year of July uh, 1st of 2021 to now, and then it but ultimately up to um, June uh, 30th of this year, and we've had one uh, complaint that was received in January of 2022, uh, and that's the only one we've had reported so far. Board Member Santos. So, Board Member Santos, 
Is there a mechanism currently in place that this person that filed a complaint in January of this year can say, I want the board to respond to my complaint, or is that not part of the process right now? No, sir, that is part of the process. Um, they're verbally notified when provided the disposition of the complaint. And then also um, when uh, they're also uh, mailed a letter, which uh, provides the process on how to appeal as well. Okay. In mind you, there's varying layers to this. One is we can have internally generated complaints, um, which of course, then there's nobody that could appeal uh, in the sense of because there's no external complaint. But also, uh, just to keep in mind too, some people uh, might initially participate in the complaint process and then choose not to participate and or are unable, unable to be getting a hold of after that. So while we try to notify them of appeal, um, it might not always be able to, to, to occur. Board Member Gibson. Board Member Jane Gibson, um, I just would like to, I, I think I might have understood Michael's question a little bit differently um, and wanted to clarify that we don't have access to the complaints until they're appealed. So only would we, we would never see a complaint unless it were appealed. Board Member Santos. So maybe this is a question for Brandon. Is that because in some fashion the city believes it's not subject to the Open Records Act? Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire. Um, I, I think what we're doing is just following the um, the process that's spelled out in the ordinance. Uh, and so the board is set up to receive appeals of the finding of an investigation of a complaint of racial or other bias-based policing. And if I could, uh, board member Santos, it just strikes me as the quintessential information that this board would want to know. Oh yes, we had someone file a complaint but it was either resolved to the extent that the complainant felt it was resolved or not, but at least the board knew there was this complaint and it was based upon this. That way we can tell, look, you, you continue to get complaints in this particular area. If we have no historical knowledge until someone appeals, we're really left with being in the dark. Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire, Lieutenant Ernst, were you were you finished with your comments? I, I, essentially, yes. I would add, and I and I I heard what uh, Mr. Santos had said, and I and I recognize the information provided is limited, but we do report out to the board annually the number of racial or other bias-based policing complaints, and then we also have an annual report on our website. And I don't know exactly because what it's going to look like uh, this year, referring to 2021's annual complaint report, so to speak. But uh, we also report out on uh, our overall complaints, but that is going to change a little bit because we have a new complaint management system, probably without a lack of a better way to explain it. And and this is Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire. I, I think we're saying the same thing, um, although I don't think it's, it's clear, but um, I think it was our 
opinion or you know the staff opinion that this is a this is a worthwhile request and something that we think would be a valuable um, report to provide to the board. So this is Chair Robinson. Oh, uh, board member Santos. I would just say that I don't disagree with anything concerning this quarterly update, but a, a still, is it the opinion of the members of this board that have been serving on the board that the current structure of the ordinance does not provide a mechanism for this board to see complaints filed against the police department based on racial uh, complaints? Is that our current opinion of where we stand that we just don't have the structure to enable us to see it? Board member Gibson. Um, board member Jane Gibson. Uh, Michael, this is, uh, yes, we agree that, that we do not have a mechanism in the existing ordinance that allows us to see anything other than appeals. And this is the reason, this is the primary reason that we revised that ordinance and have a proposal, a draft proposal um, that broadens our authority to be able to see the complaints for exactly the reason that you identified. We need to know what the patterns are. We need to know, we can't, we can't do anything to improve police community relations if we don't know what those relations look like. That's the bottom line for us. And this is Chair Robinson. Um, I think, you know, it is a board consensus that we do need to have more, um, uh, we need to have more access to those complaints. And again, like uh, board member Gibson said, that's why we changed that in the draft ordinance. I think tonight I'd like to focus on how frequently we'd like to receive those updates. Um, so quarterly was thrown out there. Um, I know there's a low volume of these complaints. So do we think twice a year? Do we think quarterly? Um, what are our thoughts as the board? Board member Salvini. Yes, I, I think quarterly reports would be fine. Um, and again, those those um, complaints are really uh, racial bias and, and other bias complaints, correct? They're not general complaints. This is Chair Robinson. Yes, that's what we're requesting. Sorry, I forgot to say board member Salvini. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to clarify, and I think quarterly would work for me. Board member Littleton. I'm board member Stephanie Littleton. Um, I would just, I would suggest at minimum go only uh, twice a year, given the fact, I don't want to add extra work to Lieutenant Ernst or any else, anybody else with the police department when we do know that's a very small number and it's going to probably remain as such until we if it's something that changed within our ordinance that we would see more complaints um, because it's just a low number. But I truly appreciate Sanjay's, you know, you know, reaching out for getting more information, but since it's maybe one or two, if that, I just don't want to add additional work to them quarterly. Um, that's my two cents. Chair Robinson, any other comments? 
So oh, board member Gibson. Board member Jane Gibson. Um, I mean, I'm gonna support whatever the consensus of the board is on this. Um, but from my point of view, the numbers don't mean very much. It, um, they don't tell us anything about the nature of the complaints. Um, they are, they're very limited to racial and bias-based complaints, um, which means that we miss a lot of complaints. So um, just to get, you know, put that on the table that um, the, I'm happy to have the reports of the numbers, but the numbers don't tell us very much. They don't tell us what we need to know about the relationship between the um, law enforcement and the community. Just my view. One member Santos. Along that line, board member Santos, you know, I absolutely agree with whatever the group wants to do as far as frequency, but it strikes me that unless the staff, in particular the city attorney, tells us, look, we're not going to give this to you because it's not an open record, I personally could come in and get that document at any moment in time, whether I'm on this board or not. And it seems to me that what you really would say is, is the police department willing to simply tell us? I mean, if it's information that would be helpful to us, whether it's in the ordinance or not, just tell us. This is Chair Robinson. Uh, Board Member Santos, can you clarify what you're, what information you're asking for? Are you asking for information on all complaints? Or are you asking for information on racial or otherwise based policing complaints? Um, I'm sorry, I can't get my buttons right here. But I'm only talking about the current structure where my understanding is we get uh, bias-based complaints. And all I'm saying is, it seems like an artificial limitation to say, well, that person didn't appeal it. It's still important for this board to understand what was the nature of the complaint to begin with. And if that's not somehow limited by law, which I doubt that it is, you know, why not just tell us? And that way we can be more informed as to where we think issues are going. So I'm not talking about expanded into non-bias-based complaints. I'm not saying that. This is Chair Robinson. Thank you for clarifying. Um, board member uh, Littleton. Um, thanks. This is Board Member Stephanie Littleton. <clears throat> I'm going to kind of stick stick my neck out here a little bit. I'm going to just read a part of what the draft of this purpose statement is just to give you a little bit of insight of something that we talked about about the complaints just so you have some exposure to our thought process. Um, and part of that has to do with, um, I'm just going to read some of this, Ass assess existing policies, procedures, systems, and other information relevant to the receipt an investigation of complaints against law enforcement officers and the Lawrence Police Department and citizen oversight of that process. Just want to just put this out there to those of you on this call that this is an important aspect that we're talking about. And it's a really important one. And we had a very in-depth conversation and I think it's, it's a good conversation that we've been having. And we're just one meeting into it. But um, just to give you, I wanted to give you some segue that we're, we are really working on that piece of it. Um, and Michael, I know you don't know a lot of the background, 
as Jane has alluded to, this has been a really important conversation that we actually have needed a long time once we get to the to the working group and to the stakeholders. Correct. Chair Robinson, thank you for sharing that, Board Member Littleton. Um, so, you know, I, I do want to say like nothing we ask for is obviously going to be a perfect solution to what we're looking for. Just looking to kind of move the ball down the road a little bit. And I think definitely getting um, more frequent reporting on what what the complaints are looking like, um, what the numbers are looking like. I think that would be helpful. Um, I do agree with Stephanie that twice a year um, feels like a good number to me, but I'm definitely open to what other people are thinking. Um, so any feedback on that? Uh, board member Salvini. Board member Salvini here, and I'm good with that too. I just started with quarterly thinking, well, let's just stay on top of it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I recognize and acknowledge that the, these are low numbers and uh, and I, I too share with Stephanie, I, if there's additional work that needs to be done to make this report, I certainly want to, uh, to consider that. This is Chair Robinson. If I could ask the question of Lieutenant Ernst. Um, in this report, uh, would we have any, any um, you know, shareable details of the nature of the complaint or would it just be a number of racial or other bias-based uh, policing complaints? I guess if you could assist me in defining what details you want, I, I recognize bringing the whole file for everyone to view would be ideal, but when you define details, um, I, and what we've typically reported our, out on is the date the complaint was received, the date complaint was closed, who um, who investigated it, and then the the status, uh, like uh, what I want to say, the determine the disposition of the of the investigation. Um, we've we've had inquiries either from you or the media on certain ones where we've um, identified the protected class where the alleged bias was against. Uh, and that's the most detail I'm aware of um, having publicly released. Thank you for that. This is Chair Robinson. I think that's what I was wondering about, um, if it could be identified as um, if it was a racial bias or economic bias or gender identity bias. I think that would be beneficial information for us to have if that's at all possible. Um, and yeah. I understand, I don't know the extent of what could be shared, but, um, and I'm just speaking for myself here, but I think that might be useful information for us to have. Board member Santos. I think, and I haven't looked at it recently, but maybe uh, Lieutenant Ernst knows there's a requirement that these type of complaints be filed with the state. Is there not some categorization in that report? Or do you uh, happen to know? Lieutenant no? David Ernst, no, sir. And actually the details I just provided, absent um, the protected class, uh, the, the alleged bias was against, it is, it is uh, it's a report that's uh, annually and electronically submitted to the Attorney General's office and you go through and identify the number of complaints and then provide the details I just gave of the 
the beginning date, the end date, who investigated and the disposition. And then there's about four questions that have to be answered. And I don't have them memorized off the top of my head. Um, uh, one, I think is asked if you have a review board, do you collect traffic data? Um, there's one about uh, the comprehensive plan, which you folks had a presentation on about a year ago, or well, maybe I, I don't remember the exact time. And there's one other question I forget. So admittedly, it is a very basic form that's filled out, but it does not identify um, essentially much beyond that. It is a bias-based policing complaint. Member Santos. Board Member Santos, and perhaps the thing that would be most helpful is if the staff simply could determine what they can tell us in the in the context of our relationship. Because I understand that if the press is asking for something, there are limitations. And uh, so whether those limitations apply in the context of the board, I don't know, but I'm just trying to avoid having to wait until there's some change in the nature of the uh, board or the ordinance that controls the board to see if we could get some more information This is Chair Robinson. Um, Lieutenant Ernst, I don't want you to feel like we're putting you on the spot at all. If this is information that um, you need to bring back to our next visit, um, our next meeting, that's completely fine. Um, would it be uh, possible for when we receive these reports that information is shared about the protected um, class of is is that the terminology you use the protected class yeah, and, the... And, 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 yes and even in the one i just reported to you uh here in january yes it would be possible and the protected class was raised in this instance so yes that uh, I, that would be possible okay uh this is chair robinson thank you thank you for answering all of our questions tonight i really appreciate that um all right does anyone have any um other questions or comments? Uh, board member Mishra? So I just had, I, I always think about Brandon in this. Do we need the resolution, Brandon, to say we expect a report out every six months? Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire, uh, what, what do you mean by a resolution? Or are are you uh, speaking about the ordinance? Does the ordinance? A motion. A motion. Oh, oh, a motion. Um, at this point, I would say, um, and and I might ask Lieutenant Ernst to weigh in on this. Um, if if you would maybe give us a chance to with with this feedback, um, uh, put a, a sort of a mock up report together or an example um, using the one uh, current complaint that that is under investigation, and we can. Uh, uh, provide a draft report um, and uh, hopefully do that by the next meeting. Um, and Lieutenant Ernst, please jump in if that's uh, 
too aggressive of a timeline. Um, and that way uh, you could see um, the report uh, and what sort of information fields we're able to fill in for you. And then we can finish the discussion at that point um, with how frequently uh, to submit this report. Okay. Thanks, Bernie. Mm -hmm. Board Member Littleton. This is Board Member Stephanie Littleton. Um, I don't know if this is the right <clears throat> platform to ask this, but I've been wanting to ask about some or make some suggestions to the police department's website regarding where the complaints are. I think we are engaged or community engagement work group maybe worked on that at one time and did some updates. <clears throat> but I guess I'm just my question is, you know, how best should I submit? Would that be to you, to you Jenny or to Lieutenant Ernst maybe and to Brandon? I have a, just a couple of simple suggestions to maybe make some improvements to it. Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire, um, I, I would say anybody who has recommendations uh, about website design, um, interface, things like that, feel free to submit those to um, myself, Chief Lockhart, Lieutenant Ernst or any member of our team. Um, oh. Chief, jump in and, and uh, redirect me if that's not consistent with your expectations, please. Yeah, Chief Rich Lockhart, uh, Stephanie, anything you want to submit regarding the police department, I prefer it comes from my office. Okay. That way I can ensure that it gets to the correct person and uh, we can get that address for you. So just, you got my email address, just shoot it there. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty minor. So, but I just looked at it, but okay, we'll do things. Yeah. Yeah, those are those are helpful suggestions. All right, this is Chair Robinson. So I've got noted um, before our next meeting, if possible, um, uh, for um, Lieutenant Ernst or city staff to create a mock-up report of the January 2022 complaint, the racial or other bias-based complaint for the board. And then at that meeting, we'll also decide on the frequency of reporting from the police department on racial or other bias-based policing. Does that all sound accurate? Okay. All right, so I don't think we need a vote on that. Um, any other comments or questions before we move on? All right, um, so looks like we're to the last item on our agenda. It's going to be a hot button topic. Um, this is something that Brandon brought up when um, I first came on as chair um, regarding moving the meeting time to 6 o'clock p.m. rather than 7 o'clock. Um, not so that we could go an extra hour, but so that we could be finished uh, at a reasonable time. Um, open for discussion. Board Member Littleton. Board member Stephanie Littleton, I am open for moving it to 6 p.m. And board member Gibson, we don't need to hear from you, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, but wait, we do. <laughs> uh, board member Gibson? Yeah, Jane Gibson, you do need to hear from me. Well, um, no, I know, I was joking. I, I, I know, I know. <laughs> um, my, but my view is that six o'clock is fine, but I want us to finish at eight. I don't think a, more than a two hour meeting is necessary for the work that we do. And if and if we did have to extend, we could vote to extend, but I would vote for six as long as we're done by eight. If we shoot for eight. 
This is Chair Robinson, I concur. Um, board member Salvini, did you have your hand up? I'm good with six too. And I would say never to go past eight. I'm I'm with you, Jane, on that. And uh, or we can meet the following week if we need to carry over, for sure. Board member Santos. Board member Santos, uh, I hate to uh, sound so much like the lawyer that I am, but I would ask to make sure that the public meeting law permits you to have a finite time on your meetings. And that's something Brandon can answer. This is Chair Robinson, Brandon, would you like to speak to that? Assistant City Manager uh, Brandon McGuire, we do with the City Commission. Uh, there is a time limit. Um, it's it's not uh, in terms of hours. It's in, in terms of the time of the evening. Um, and so the City Commission meets until um, I believe it's ten o'clock. It might be eleven o'clock. Um, and by the resolution um, that that sets out the uh, expectation and guidelines for the City Commission meetings, um, it it states that those meetings will end by that time um, unless there is an item that is currently under discussion and um, then they will they will go as long as it takes to complete discussion of that item and then entertain a motion um, and take a vote uh, to determine whether or not uh, the meeting will be extended or end at that time so so we can establish a boundary like that um, especially and, and I, I do think it's a good idea to um, allow that that option for the board to extend um, if that is desired. It, it, it could also be just a, a stated goal, um, you know, stated expectation and a norm as opposed to a policy. This is Chair Robinson. I kind of view it as a friendly shared goal to end by eight o'clock. Um, I think that it would be important to check with Marie before we finalize this, just to make sure there are no conflicts with her schedule. Um, so would it be okay if I reached out to confirm with her that six o'clock would work for her? And then at our next meeting, we could finalize that or put or move it up to six o'clock. Brandon, yes, thumbs up from everyone. Okay. So to clarify, I'll reach out to Marie. If six o'clock works for her, our next meeting will begin at six with the goal of ending by around eight o'clock. Um, do we need a vote on that? Brandon, looking to you. Uh, Assistant City Manager Brandon McGuire, I, I would ask for a vote um, and I would also suggest uh, allowing me to be the one to contact board member Taylor. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, and, all right. So, so I will, I will uh, make that contact and report out to the whole board through uh, email. Sounds good. Board member Littleton. Uh, this board member, Stephanie Littleton, I do think it's a good idea that we might want to consider you know, with this vote, adding the extension just in case if there's something and we're right at the eight o'clock hour. So just to have that possibility, even though I know we want to end at eight. <laughs> if 
This is Chair Robinson. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement. I think it would be good to have a check-in around eight um, to see how everyone's doing. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good safety to put in place for ourselves. Um, okay. Uh, would anyone like to call for a motion to change our meeting start time? Board Member Santos. Board Member Santos, I'd move to uh, change the monthly meeting time from seven o'clock to six o'clock with the idea being that we all agree we'd like to be done by eight and have the ability to extend if necessary. Well said. Is there a second? Board Member Gibson? Board Member Gibson, I second. All right. Um, and just to double check, since this is our only vote for the night, we don't have any public comment here. No. Okay. All right. Um, this is Chair Robinson. We'll go ahead and vote. Um, all those in favor, indicate with a yay. All those opposed, nay. Uh, Board Member Santos. Yay. Board Member Mishra. Board Member Mishra, yes. Board member Littleton. Board member Littleton, yes. Board member Gibson. Board member Gibson, yes. Board member Salvini. Board member Salvini, yay. And Chair Robinson, yay. Uh, the vote passes with, sorry, I was trying to count how many people are here tonight. <laughs> the board passes, uh, the vote passes with six. Six to zero. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, that's all for tonight. Our next meeting is on March 10th. Oh, board member Santos. Board member Santos. I just wanted to thank Chief Lockhart for making the effort to chat with us individually. It was very kind and considerate and I really appreciated it. Chief Lockhart, you all are very welcome. Thank you for taking time and uh, Tanya, we're gonna get you scheduled, so. I think you are my last one. All right, and this is Chair Robinson. Thank you to all of our city staff tonight for joining us. We've had some extras on tonight, so we really appreciate your time and your collaboration with us. Um, all right, take care. All right, thank you all. Stay well. All right, good night. Good night. Bye. Um, oh. <laughs> we so we do actually majority of our board members. We need a motion to adjourn. <laughs> well, I'd make the motion to adjourn and whoever's uh, left in the uh, group second and we can move on. <laughs> there we go. I think that works. We're in favor. We're good. So so I've got a motion from board member Santos, a second from Salvini. And if uh, if um, you would cast your vote, uh, Santos. Board member Santos, aye. Salvini. Board member Salvini, aye. And Gibson. Board member Gibson, aye. All right, the motion passes three to zero. Thank you. And I. Have a good evening. <laughs>